Hey, it's Bill Simmons from The Ringer, and this is a podcast called The Rewatchables. We have been doing it really since 2017. It started with how much we love the movie Heat. We decided to structure a whole podcast with categories, most rewatchable scene, who won the movie, Apex Mountain, what age the best. But here's the thing. If you want the full archive, you can hear them only on Spotify for free, by the way. So make sure to follow The Rewatchables on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Hello and welcome to the Ringer NFL show. I'm Nora Princiati. I am back with Steven Ruiz. We are continuing our uh, division by division NFL power ranking series today with the NFC North. It is not lost on me, Steven, that this is, um, I believe we are now like a month in to this project that we began in a way. We chose the divisions that we started with in such a way that we could try to try to avoid any DeAndre Hopkins breaking news. Um, still not signed anywhere. Just no. just still out there. Wait just go. still waiting. It's never going to happen. Thanks, DeAndre. Thanks. Think of, the, think of the podcasters, DeAndre. This is our, like, apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time. It's just like, well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe next week. We'll see. We'll talk about this the entire time, and then the season's just going to start. Um, AFC East. We're going to have to do it at some point, but not today. Today, we're doing the NFC North. Um, still feels like a relatively, relatively safe place for us to be in. Uh, how did you feel about this division? It, very competitive. It was very tough to pick, one, a number one team. This is the hardest time I've had picking a number one team in a division. And like you look at the odds and no other team has... No other division has uh, where has it where every team has playoff odds over thirty percent based on like the betting odds at FanDuel outside of the the AFC North. I wasn't expecting this to be like a division that I really took a lot of time to think like who I thought was going to be the best team, who I thought was going to be the worst team. But it was very hard for me to separate, especially the two middle teams for me. I think eventually I settled on a on a first team that I feel good about it and a last team that I feel good about. Those two middle teams that's that's where I think we're going to have the most debate and discussion about. Oh, I'm kind of interested. This is interesting because I felt pretty solid in the top two teams and pretty solid in the bottom two teams and had some pause either way about how to order those. So now I'm fascinated to see to see how this goes. You want to kick us off? Yeah, I'm going to go with my top team. It's it's the Lions. I'm assuming you have the same team. That Vegas has the same team. I think everyone is excited about them. After a busy offseason, especially in free agency, I don't think either of us were too excited about their draft and how that kind of propels them forward. But I think for 2023, this 
the Lions have, I think they have the best roster in the division. I think they have the least amount of holes. There is that the specter of Jamison Williams suspension kind of hanging over this team. And I, I do think that's a big deal, which we'll get into a little bit later. But from top to bottom, I think this is the most solid roster. And I think it's the one where probably the highest floor out of all these teams, I, like if, if they lose or if they win fewer than six games, I'd be very surprised. I think that's that's totally true. Uh, the only sort of... I agree with you about the the high floor thing with them. The only thing where... Uh, when you look at it a little bit more closely, because I think, if I think in a cursory way about the Lions, I go, oh, man, like, really kind of spicy, exciting receiver group. But yeah. we all love Amon Ross St. Brown. However, you want to see it another season, right? You want to see a little bit more, a little bit more consistency. Um, the Jameson Williams suspension is another factor. It's not as deep. It's a better group than it is a deep group, um, yeah, especially yeah. because there are some questions there. And if you add in the fact that the the highest ceiling for me with this team is if they do turn out to be like a very pass first offense. We've we've seen that um, in action be exciting and and continue to get good production out of Jared Goff take advantage of that offensive line and have those receivers on the field as much as possible and performing at a high level. However, the other thing that I think is is worth questioning is just whether the actions in the draft and the actions that they've taken toward team building indicate that they are going to run the ball a lot um, and potentially more than we might like, given the other potential strengths of the roster. So there, there are like if there are some things where if you take a closer look at it, I wonder a little bit if they will hamstring their like full, 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 full potential. But still, yeah. I do agree with you that like top to bottom, this is the most exciting roster in the division. Um, I thought about putting the Vikings here. I really did, just because I think Brian Flores is going to make a big difference for that defense. Um, I think the schematic change that they're going to undergo is going to be pretty wholesale. And that group of players in a more aggressive scheme would have helped them last year. Like, that would have been a much better... Uh, their schematic issues were bigger than their their personnel issues, I felt. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think my question with the Lions are the reason why I, I put them here is I think this is the one team where you could say they're definitely on a track where they're ascending. I mean, the Bears are, but that's probably that's a situation where they have nowhere else to go but up. But you look at like the Packers, how they kind of left off last year. And then Minnesota, even though they went, what did they win? 13 games. 13. 11 of those were. 11 of those are one possession games. And like we had the the Vikings, the, the fraud question all year long. And then the playoffs come and you get embarrassed by Daniel Jones at home. And it's like, okay, those questions were very legitimate. And right. I, I don't see where the evolution comes from for Minnesota. Like I, I get the Brian Flores thing. I, I do think that's a huge deal. Like him replacing Ed Donatel is going to, it's going to change the nature of the defense. Like you said, like it's going to be more aggressive and they were the opposite of aggressive last year. I just think it's going to take maybe a year for their for them to get the personnel right because it is a you do need a certain type of personnel to run the Flores defense as we know it. We for all I know it could look different, but the one we saw in New England, the one we saw in Miami, you need like a secondary that you could trust in man coverage. And right now, although I think Minnesota went to work on it this offseason, they they signed Byron Murphy, they draft 
they draft a cornerback. He's, the name is escaping me right now, I think, in day two. Those guys can come in and help and play man coverage. I just think you need more. You need more help. You need more help in the secondary. I think the, the linebacker group needs to get a little bit better. But I, I like the moves they made. It's just my question is, is that enough to offset the, the regression that we know is coming or that we think is coming? So there's a difference between the Vikings still being a 13-win team, right, and being within a stone's throw of the Lions. Yeah, and and the second part of that, I think, is the conversation worth having. They're not going to win 13 games again. Like, that was that was a ridiculous thing that happened. They could be a better team and and lose more games. I think that's a fairly solid chance to happen. Um, yeah. I do think that, you know, the defense is going to go through an adjustment period. It's worth remembering, this is going to be the first time that Cousins goes through two consecutive years there with the same offensive play caller. And I don't know, like, I, is that going to make a difference to Kirk Cousins who just does the same thing all the time, basically? <laughs> like, maybe, maybe not. Um, however, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, I listened to, I listened to our buddy Ben Solak. I listened to the two of you chopping it up. Um, <laughs> you said Kirk Cousins is good now, Steven. Mm, we don't need to bring that up. No, I, I do think he's good now. But like I said on, on that pod, it's it's at the point where it doesn't matter. Like, it's too late. I'm sorry. It's too late. Like, the, the Vikings, their time was a couple of years ago. If Kirk was what Kirk is now, I think we would have seen a team that is capable of winning the Super Bowl. But I think what's what's around him has kind of regressed where he doesn't really have that run game he can rely on that they had even when they didn't have the best offensive line they still had a run game and we saw that kind of go away last year and and Kirk plus of course Jefferson made up for that just by being like a superhuman tandem I I just don't know if you're they're going to be able to replicate that again but and what, I don't what, think, if, what if Jordan Addison's really good that's my that's question it's like the offensive line is 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 still as long as they stay on the field that is a solid group it, he might have the best receiver in football. You've, you've made that argument, right? Yeah. And if Jordan Addison pops, all of a sudden, oh, okay, it, KJ Osborne, not too bad as a, as a third receiver. Then this becomes a pretty scary receiver group. And I know that I'm in some ways making the ceiling argument for the Vikings after saying that we can't just make the ceiling argument for the Lions <laughs> receivers group. So like, this may not happen. However... If we're only if we're talking about all the areas in which they could regress, I just feel like we are remiss not to point out the fact that this could be a better wide receiver core around Cousins, who always does best when he's got a good good group to raise the level. And defensively, even if they are going through a little bit of a, a reconfiguring period and there is some getting up to speed that has to happen, this is a group that allowed the second most passing yards in the NFL right, last yeah. year. And I I believe in Brian Flores as a coach. And I think the fact that they will, you know, it can kind of go both ways, right? Because yes, they, I don't know necessarily that it's Byron Murphy. And I think Andrew Booth, you're talking about those yeah. two as the outside corners, are they going to be up to playing that style? We'll see. It's not the most complicated thing to learn. Yeah, that, that's you might true. not be able to do it, but it is just sort of like, hey, go get that guy. So I don't think they should have like 
it might be the type of thing where they're just going to get burned some of the time. Um, I don't know how how much of a cushion in terms of like, okay, are they going to be able to to learn this? I think that might be pretty doable again because I do just he's a good coach and and teaches well. Um, that's not to say that that's the type of thing that brings you from you know that's not the type of thing that like turns something into the best defense in the league or a top five or whatever, but they just gave up so many. I mean, they, it was like, they didn't even try. It was just <laughs> so soft in every yeah. meaning of the word that I, it's just hard for me to buy that there isn't some ground to make up just by playing a slightly more aggressive style even if that is like a two step forward, one step back, where sometimes it's just like, oh shit, that guy got behind me and now we gave up a touchdown. Yeah, my wor- I guess my worry is them becoming like the Dolphins last year, like their defense, where it's like risky chaos. to the point. Yeah, where it's just like chaos. Uh, but I think with them, the tricky thing is figuring out how much they're going to regress because they won a- like 13 games is a lot of games. Like you it's only see like the best teams in the league win 13 games. I think the Chiefs won 13 games last year. But you look at like everything else, like the underlying numbers and their point differential. They had a minus three point differential. That's like the point differential for for eight and nine team. So it's not like right. this is like your typical overachiever. This is a historical overachiever, and that's where I'm I'm wondering how they're going to make up that much ground. It's not like oh we have to we have to win eleven games. We have to be an eleven win team after we were like basically an eleven win team last year. It's no, we have to improve by like three games. Basically, I think is what you have to get out of the Vikings to get them back into the playoff chase. And it's just a big gap for me. And going back to the Lions, I, I do think this is a fair question because we all expect this, like them to take the next step, right? The, this evolution. And my question is, where does that evolution come from? In theory, it comes from the defense. It comes from the secondary. We saw them improve over the second half last year. But this yeah. was still one of the worst defenses in the league. So like, yeah, it improved last year over the second half, but it has a long way to go. And on the other side of the ball, I think them losing DJ Chark, especially after Jamison Williams' suspension, is a huge deal that not a lot of people are talking about. Like, he was their deep threat last year. and as He was really good. Yeah, he was really good. And as good as St. Brown is, as good as he is, he's he only affects one part of the field. He's a short route runner. He doesn't give you that explosiveness. And if you're going to run this, like, run-heavy, play-action style of offense, you need to hit downfield explosives. And if they don't have a guy that can do that, and right now on the roster, it's between Marvin Jones, who hasn't really looked his best since leaving Detroit the first time, and then Josh Reynolds. And right. that's dicey. So I get the Lions skepticism. Like, I'm on board with you there. I just think I'm lower on the Vikings than I think you are. And I think they have a long way to go. And as much as I love Brian Flores, one of my favorite defensive coordinators in the NFL, it's it's tough to run that defense without the right personnel. And I still think that's a process they're going through. And they're relying on some guys where, like, even Byron Murphy has been an inconsistent player throughout his time in Arizona. And we don't really know what he is yet. And then you're relying on a rookie to start. And that that obviously can go either way. So, I don't know, a lot of question marks. But I like the third place team. And, and when we get to them, I'll explain why. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll keep going with that. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. 
It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. All right, third place. What you got, Steven? I'm going with the Packers. And really, for me, the Packers are number two in this division for me. And here's why. I have a confession to make. I, I think Jordan Love might be good. Oh. I think he might be good. Like, I, I, I recently watched him. Uh, it was like a week ago. Like, his, his preseason tape, the, the, the games he has played in. You can, you can get in a good offense out of him. He has a good arm. He's athletic. I think he's smarter than people give him credit for, like as like a pocket passer. And I think his accuracy is getting better. I think he's becoming a better thrower. Like, you, we could joke about Aaron Rodgers and his influence on the locker room, but you can kind of see Aaron Rodgers' style, like that fluidity that he has to his game rubbing off on, on Jordan Love. He looks like a different quarterback than he was coming out of Utah State. He looks like a, a different quarterback than he was when we saw him play against the Chiefs a couple years ago. Where do you think he's he's developed? Because we are, I mean, 83 career pass attempts is not all that much to be going no. off of. Um, but that game against Philadelphia last year, what did you see going back and looking at that 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 was missing beforehand? I, I think it's the the ability to make layups, to make those throws. I, when you're an arm talent guy, which he was coming out of the draft, that was his big yeah. thing. He's like, oh, like that was the time when everyone was trying to draft a Mahomes and anyone who like threw a sidearm pass was like, oh, that could be Mahomes. And I think that was what, how you were selling him. But the thing is, when you watch that tape, yeah, he could get the ball down the field, but he couldn't get it to the receiver. So there was like accuracy issues. There was being able to actually hit the shots. And I think now you're starting to see him hit those more consistently. And then you put like details, a good offense. Details. It's the little things. And then Matt LaFleur, I think Matt LaFleur is good. I, I like the, the tight end. Uh, the, the tight end draft I'm they had. I'm just, I'm cracking up because like, I love one of my favorite things in sports coverage is how easy it is to make something that's just like a debilitating flaw sound like, yeah, you know, I mean, he's got a great arm. <laughs> he cannot hit, like, he can't really hit the receivers, but he has got a great, goes way down the field. Not, Ball goes he's fast. He's having a little bit of a, a bit, a little bit of an issue getting it where he wants it to go, but he's working on it and you should just see the velocity on that thing. Right. It's like Ben Simmons. It's like, oh, yeah, he's so good at basketball. By the way, he can't do the one thing that matters in basketball. He can't he's put got the ball a in the little basket. thing about getting the ball into the hoop. But other than that, it's great. Absolutely dynamic player. Future of the sport. Really exciting. And now maybe I'm doing that thing where, like, you know, during the offseason when Ben Simmons, there's like videos of him hitting threes. Maybe I'm doing that with Jordan Love right now. But that's what I, that's where I'm at. I think he can hit those throws. And I like how the offense is kind of being built. I think we're finally seeing the offense being built in Matt LaFour's vision. 
And I think this is the year we we really see what it looks like. And if like Luke Musgrave, who apparently has been really good in camp and like you watch his tape, he's a big dude. He's fast. He's athletic. Everything that you expect from like a modern tight end. And then they draft Tucker Craft, who could who will probably play right away. I think it will take a little bit of time to get going. But once it gets going, I think the offense is going to be decent and a lot better than we think. And the defense almost has to be better. It has to be better. We were yeah. so, everyone was so optimistic about the defense. And then it was just bad. And for whatever reason, they kept Joe Barry, which is like, that's that's my concern, is Joe Barry. You're, so, so your concern is not that Jordan Love probably could use more dynamic pass catchers. I mean, Steven. No, I love the not. optimism, but are we really, really sitting here doing the the rookie tight end looks great in camp? Looks great in mini camp thing? Yeah, I am. I am. Maybe I'm too maybe I'm I'm friends with too many Packers fans. I think that might be it. But there is potential for this defense to get a lot better. I know like I'm not high on Joe Barry. He's had one season in his career as a defensive coordinator. This is going to be year seven with a third team where he's his defense has finished in the top half of the league in yards allowed and points allowed. And that was two years ago with the Packers. Yeah. As long as he can get them back to that point, and I think they have the talent to do that, I think this is a team that could compete for the playoffs. A wild card spot. And so I don't know I don't know if that's a given with the Vikings. I really don't. So, okay. Th- that's what I was going to follow up on. Is you said that this might even be your second team. You would make an argument that the Packers are more, more could be a better team than Minnesota. Yeah, I think they have a better defense. I think they have the potential to have a better offensive line. It kind of depends on Bakhtiari, who's... I mean, that's a a big question mark at this point. And then I think, like, the scheme is enough to make up whatever differences you have in quarterback talent and then, obviously, wide receiver talent with Justin Jefferson. Like, the Packers don't have anybody that can compete with that. But I think, like, on the whole, with the running game, with the offensive line, with Matt LaFleur designing the offense, with... I mean, not a good receiving core, but there are some useful players. I think you can make up that difference. And then I think the defense has the potential to be a lot better than Minnesota. So that's my argument I, for, for Green Bay. I don't, I mean, look, first of all, Jordan Love could be anything. Jordan Ro- Love could be the next Aaron Rodgers, right? We just don't know. Like 83 career pass attempts is just, we don't know. So the, the best possible outcome of that, if everything that we saw against Philly it was real if he's taken even more steps forward in the offseason, if everything's going great in, in minicamp, is going to be great in training camp and all of that. Like, sure. That's entirely, this was a first-round pick at quarterback. If he's really panning out the way that they hope he is, then all of a sudden, it is a very good roster with a, um, at least offensively, very good coaching staff. And then all of a sudden, the sky's kind of the limit. I don't think, so the three issues to me are, have we seen enough from Jordan Love to really know? Um, The second one is, I I liked the flashes Christian Watson had as a rookie, but losing Devontae Adams has hurt this team overall, and I don't know that they have, have even in the aggregate made up for that loss. Um drafting the tight ends is really interesting because you need those intermediate targets. You need those sort of like easy, short, medium range completions for 
to make things easier on Jordan Love and, and just for his development overall. I just again, like we don't we don't see rookie tight ends adapt from the college game to the NFL game particularly quickly, even if they are good picks, even if those picks do pan out. Usually just the the history of that position says it doesn't happen that immediately. Um, yeah. Add in the fact that they're also, you know, very young at receiver overall. I, I just, I have more trust in known quantity Kirk Cousins, even with the baggage that comes along with that. Plus, Jordan Jefferson, uh, Justin Jefferson, and then maybe you get something else from Jordan Addison, plus, you know, what's left of their run. Like, I'm just less worried about that than the fact that this just could be a kind of middling group. And if that's the case, it certainly makes the runway a little bit more difficult for the young quarterback. Um, And then the third thing, yeah, good defensive roster, but it didn't get him very far last year. Um, no, and a lot of that they were the coaching, but they, and they were healthy and they didn't change the coaching. So, um, that's my concern. I, I, I don't understand how Joe Barry got a third year. Like I, I like that the Vikings, the Vikings won 13 games. They made the playoffs. They could have very easily just been like, all right, let's just run it back and try to get a little bit better. I thought oh, the fact that O'Connell moved on from Ed Donatel, not yeah. only just moved on, but went to like the completely opposite end of the spectrum in terms of scheme to find Brian Flores, I think was a, a really positive sign for him as a coach. And now I'll make another argument against myself. He hated, here's, he hated watching it just as much as everybody else. I, I, bet, I bet. He probably loved going up against it in practice. But here's my biggest concern about the Packers. The quarterback room, and I'm I like I said, I'm, I'm pretty high on Jordan Love. I like him more than I think most people like him. But there is a very good chance that he's bad next year. Like we haven't, like you said, we don't know what he is. Behind him, his backup is Sean Clifford, first round, our first year player out of Penn State. I don't know if you ever watched Sean Clifford play at Penn State. I, I went to a Penn State game. Uh, they played I Illinois. I cannot say that I did. One of the worst quarterbacks I've ever bet on <laughs> oh, in my God. life. I don't know how he got drafted. Wait, you've He's, ever bet on? Yeah, I've lost a lot of money betting on well, Sean Clifford. Well, that seems That's like my, your fault. That was my fault. I don't know ball. That was my fault. But I realized my mistake and I would not have drafted him in the fifth round. It was insane. But he's their backup. And then after him is Danny Etlin, who was like a non-prospect, wasn't drafted. Yeah. So if Jordan Love, one, gets hurt or for, two, for just like... Patriot. For Patriot. Yeah. He's he's one of those like Patriots picks where they draft him. And you're like, they're not playing him at corner or, or at quarterback, are they? Like, they're going to move into wide receiver or like running back. Or he's going to be Julian Edelman, right? Like, no one that's was drafting actually, him to play quarterback. Unfortunately, that's not at all how that happens in New England. It the way that it happens is, oh, they drafted him. He is a court. This guy's going to be Tom Brady. And <laughs> yeah, that's the other way. No, they're either team. Tom Brady or Julian Edelman, and no in between. They're either like yeah. the next great slot receiver or they're the, the greatest quarterback ever. And but, then they are released. What if Jordan Love gets hurt or like just isn't ready yet? And Sean God. Clifford or Danny Edling has to play. Here's here's this is a situation that I don't think is totally unrealistic. It might be November, and Packers fans, you might be getting ready to watch Carson Wentz take snaps for your team. I'm just throwing that situation out there because there's a very real possibility where they need to sign a veteran quarterback and Carson Wentz is like the only option. Did you see his Instagram where he shot a bear? Yeah. It's, it I was hated bad. it. I hated no, it so he much. He loves killing animals. It's like, yeah, I don't need to have this conversation right now, but I, I'm i just... Don't... If your quarterback needs to shoot a bear, 
not a leader of men. Sorry. Yeah. But only somehow this is how only I would this, run a football team. Somehow only the second worst uh social media posts concerning the Bears with a quarterback. Because Jordan Love apparently got <laughs> tricked by Bears fans. Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. You didn't see like it was uh I think it was I'm a like cameo. Not situation. online anymore. Okay, you have to get online. But apparently some Bears fans tricked him. I think it was a cameo situation. And no. he, he, he basically, he wished Bears fans a happy Father's Day, which implies that the Bears are his dad instead of the other way around. I think he was fooled by the, the joke. But now that's a thing. What was the The joke was like, he hey, wished Jordan Bears, Love, he, wish, wish me happy Father's Day? Yeah, and he did it. Like he wished the Bears a happy Father's Day. I think he thought he was making the joke that he was the Bears' father, but it was actually the other way around. But yeah, it's it's it, that was the joke. He was tricked. So not a good sign for the quarterback, for the young quarterback. Jordan Love wished Bears fans a happy Father's Day while at quarterback camp in France. Oh, oh that's what... Oh. Okay, but the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel says it wasn't the troll job some thought it was. Oh really? I don't. I, I guess I'm wrong. Maybe I. Maybe I need to go back and study the tape. No, you're definitely right. Okay. This article got clowned. It's just like he meant it. He wanted to say Happy Father's Day to the Bears fans. Let's let's be honest here. Let's be real. Um, that's very interesting, Stephen. So you and I, you and I have the same order, but I think I feel like if if. Maybe this will be evidenced when we fit the division into yeah. the rest of the league. Because I think I put the gap between the... Really, the gap between all of the teams. I put the gap between the Lions and the Vikings, <laughs> who we just talked about for 10 minutes, and I can't remember who they are. The Lions and the Vikings is much smaller than you have it. And then I think I probably have the gap between the Vikings and the Packers is much wider than you have it. And then the Packers and the Bears, who I think are both of our last teams, as a little bit narrower yeah. than you have. I think we, we have the same order. We have I think we have different tiers is the best way to explain it. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Uh, let's take another little break and then come back and talk about the Bears. Let's do it. Okay, Chicago. Last last team in both of our rankings. Um, I gave at least some thought to putting them kind of on par with Green Bay. Sounds like you would not have done that. Um, correct? No, yeah. I, I think it's very easy to forget how bad they were because they traded out of the first pick. If that makes sense, it's like, oh, yeah, they weren't the... Like, you don't remember them as being the team with the first overall pick. But they were the worst team in the league by a full game and a half. They they only won three games, 30th in DVOA, 29th in offense, 32nd in defense, which is not a good sign when your head coach is a defensive guy. And yeah. Not flus. Yeah. They did, have the, they did have the fifth hardest schedule, and they did go one and seven in one possession game. So there is, like, some room for Definitely positive Definitely some positive progression, progression. yep. But this was a very bad team, and I, I think we need to re remember that. And we need to remember that the passing game, like as good as Justin Fields was as a runner down the stretch, and that kind of made the offense viable, and he did improve as a passer, 
still one of the worst passing games like we've seen in recent memory. And I know they were very busy during the offseason. They they obviously trade for DJ Moore, which is going to help right away. And they sign up a bunch of dudes in free agency, but these are the positions they signed. Linebacker, linebacker, guard, tight end, interior defensive lineman. These aren't mo- uh, like needle-moving positions. And this had a, this is a team that had a long way to go. So that's my concern with them. Yeah, I, so I, I think that's right. I, I would push back a little bit on the idea that none of those moves can, can move the needle. They're going to look bad on the balance sheet someday, yeah. whether that's this season or, or, you know, when we get into future off seasons. Um, much more so than how many games they win this season is about can they make a clear decision on whether Justin Fields has what they need or not. Um, I I think they've put him in a decent enough position to figure that out. It could be a lot better, but I do think that just because what you're looking for is can he combine what he adds to the run game and, and what they've already shown they can do on the ground, can you combine that with the deep ball ability? And I think the combination of, of you know, getting more in there, um, Claypool with a little bit more time, you can approximate that. I think they should have a slightly better, it'll be a better group and hopefully one way or another, the, the picture will become clear there. I don't like the linebacker moves any more than the the next gal. I do think that run defense was such a weakness for them last year and just such a thing that like good teams, bad teams, anyone beating the Bears was just like, okay, cool. This is, we can do this. This is fine. It's, it will make a difference in how yeah. solid of a defensive foundation they can have as a team. At some point, the amount of money that they're spending to accomplish that is, is going to be tough. But I don't know if like next September and, and October are when you're going to really feel the effects of that. Um, So I see, I think, a little bit more of a viable way for the defense to be a little bit more fundamentally sound, take a couple steps forward, and then build an offense around power run game, play action, deep shots built off of the play action that could be a decent little team. They're not no, gonna but I, not a playoff contender. Nothing, okay. nothing too spicy, but like a, a real step forward. But I think your expectations are realistic. I don't think those are necessarily the expectations you you kind of see pundits talking about them. Like Justin Fields is like a top five MVP candidate by betting odds. And yeah, the, that's the crazy. Bears win total is seven and a half games. I agree with you. I think like they've obviously taken some positive steps forward. This is a better team now than it was a year ago. A year ago, we were like how is this even going to work on offense? Like, they don't have a real NFL roster on offense, and the defense wasn't that much better. Now there are NFL players here, and, like, DJ Moore solidifies that offense in ways that they could not last year. And I I do think, like, the linebackers, like, I totally agree with you. The contracts are bad, but both of these guys, they not only fill a need, but they come from systems that I think there's a lot of overlap with the Everflu system. It's like you, a lot of effort, run and chase, linebackers all over the field. They can do that. Like Jermaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards can do that. I think that makes them a five-win team instead of a three-win team. I just don't think it's like seven or eight or even like a situation where we need to consider them threats to anyone, like the top two teams in the, in the division, whoever those end up being. Because I think it's going to be Detroit and then 
one of the Lions or the Vikings or the Packers. I don't think they've threatened that top tier, but I think they have a chance to like threaten the third place team, if that makes sense. But that's as far as I see them going. I think they're their ceiling isn't that high unless, and this is totally on the table, unless Justin Fields just, you know, explodes and, and has his Josh right. Allen 20, 20, 20 year. Right. But even if he, like, even if he does whatever the version of that is that doesn't quite turn them into, you know, a potential playoff team, but where it's just clear that he's what they're after, that would be a win. Like, that would be a oh, huge yeah. win in, in, Chicago Bears history. The other thing is like, look, there would be worse things in figuring out that this is not it, right? The thing that you're worried about is ending up kind of in the middle going, well, he's got some real limitations as a passer, but we love the athleticism and you could certainly do worse. And that's not out of the question either. But the trajectory of the team beyond 2023, because that's what year it is, um, that's more important than than whatever they accomplish this season. Yeah. I I don't know if it was... I don't think it was intentional at all, but I kind of like the fact that they were subtle with the offensive improvements rather than like going wholesale and trying to sell out to give Justin Fields everything he needed to succeed because then that kind of compli- complicates the question. Like there's another quarterback. I'm not going to name him because I don't want to offend his very passionate fan base, but his name rhymes with two attack of Iloa. And after the great year he had, like, obviously there's, there's a quarterback a, uh, named Shmua Shmagavailoa. There actually is. Uh, yeah, he plays in Miami. Uh, and he throws a Shmiri kill in, in Shmade and Waddle. And that makes it very hard to really, like, judge. Shmevaluate. The, <laughs> to shmevaluate. And it, it makes it hard to, to decide if he's a franchise quarterback. We don't know. And I think with Justin Fields, you're going to you're going to know either he's going to elevate the offense like a, a mediocre offense, or he's going to fall flat on his face. And if that's the case, they're going to be very bad, and they're going to be able to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, and then all these problems that I, all these question marks I have will go away immediately. Shmaleb Williams. <laughs> all right, should we line up the rest of the league, or not the rest Let's of the league, but the rest of the league that we've we've ranked so far? Um, yeah. So where'd the Lions fit in for you? Do you want me to go through what we had going into this? Yeah, yeah. Let's get a recap. Okay. So we have we have 12 teams ranked by now. Um, right now, at the end of this, we're gonna we're gonna move to 16. Right now, Bengals, Ravens. So two AFC North coming to the top here. Um, Bengals, Ravens, Jaguars at three, Falcons at four, Browns are fifth, Colts are sixth. Steelers are seventh, Saints are eighth, Panthers are ninth, Titans are tenth, Bucks are eleventh, and the Texans are twelfth. All right, I've, I'm putting Detroit right behind the Jaguars. I feel like that's a good spot. I feel like right ahead of Atlanta, right behind the Jaguars, so fourth. And okay. that makes sense like to it. me. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of overlap between the the Falcons and the Lions. Like they. Same question mark, same kind of offensive yeah. build. The same things have to happen for them to go right. So I feel good about that. Negged for the same thing in the draft. Right. Didn't go after Lamar Jackson. All that, yeah. Now this is where it gets tough. I have no idea where to put Minnesota or Green Bay. Uh, where, are you, where are you thinking about Minnesota? So, I am pretty tempted to put them in 
at sixth behind the Falcons, but I think you probably would rather have them a little further down. Uh, I I would put them under the Browns. I think the Browns have more talent on paper. I think they have a quarterback who obviously there's question marks, but there's question marks with Kirk Cousins. And I think as he gets into his mid thirties, there's going to be more and more question marks every year. So I think, do you think that's true? Do you think that's true? I mean, at a certain point that will, that will very much be true. But right now when I don't have serious age concerns about Kirk, it seems like he's, he's the beneficiary of the fact that he has like managed to, last and just get a ton of reps and a ton of experience. He knows what's going on. Like, this is what happens to these guys who we make fun of, but who stick around and are, are just okay and might never win a Super Bowl, right? Like might never be good enough to truly, truly get over that hump or pull a team on their back through a deep playoff run. But Kirk kind of knows what's going on. I mean, the checkdowns are still too frequent. He's still, but, but, He's cut down a little bit on the, the yes, interception yes. stuff. And you can see the fact that he's been around the block a few times starting to, you know, after what, 10 years or whatever it's been, becoming something that's a real asset for him. That's my only. No, I, yeah. I, I, I guess my question is for him to get the most out of Jefferson, I think he has to have some some arm talent left over. And I think that's, that's the one question mark with him is how long is his arm going to hold up to the point where he can has still... It, could, has the issue ever been that like he can't get the ball down the field? It's just that he doesn't. No, it's just no. that he throws an eight-yard check down on third and 12. Like, Right. But I, I feel like he's gotten better at doing that. My question is, when does wh- what happens when his arm talent starts to fall off? And then now you still have like the over, overly conservative quarterback pop up a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I, I think it has the potential to fall off in a hurry. I don't think there's no like reason to think it's going to happen now it's just like you you're more that's all i'm saying is like yes of course that's that's going to be a concern with quarterbacks in their 30s i just don't think i don't think that anything has happened yet where we can point to and say oh the signs are there it might be coming a little bit no yeah that was a generic statement just towards all mid-30s quarterbacks but here's my question like who would on notice who would you yeah you, you guys are all on notice wash watch for all of you uh who would you be more surprised by having a better year, Deshaun Watson or Kirk Cousins? Like, who do you expect to have a better year, actually, is a better way to put it. I expect I expect Kirk Cousins to have a better year. But it would make, like, I get why it would make, I'm not sure that's purely rational. Yeah. But if... I mean, when you think about it, these are very similar teams. Like, they both replaced yes. their defensive coordinator after playing, like, this the same brand of defense, that same soft defense. They couldn't stop the run. Like, all that, the same overlap. And now, I like, I like Jim Schwartz's ability to improve that defense and kind of raise that the level of their play in one year well, compared they have better to players. Brian Flores. They have, they have better, better defensive players, yeah. talent. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, I, I want to put Cleveland ahead of Minnesota, but I wouldn't be opposed to putting... Either one. I like those are they're neck and neck for me. So I'm leaving it to you. You get to decide. Okay. All right. We'll put the Viking seventh. We'll put the Viking seventh. Um so then do you want to put the Packers like eighth? No, no. I'm I'll see now that I'm looking at the rest of the list, like Indianapolis. Oh man, it's it's hard for me to put them ahead of Pittsburgh. Is the only thing I'll say, just because of the Mike Tomlin factor and the fact that they are going to be good on defense. 
Obviously, there's question marks about the offense. I'll put Green Bay behind Indianapolis and ahead of Pittsburgh. Okay. So they're Are you fine with that? Yeah, I'm good there. And then the Bears. Um, I put the Bears 14th, so ahead of the Bucks and the Texans. That's what, that's what I was feeling. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Cool. All right. So now we are at 16. The Bengals still leading the list. Ravens, Jags, Lions, Falcons, Browns, Vikings, Colts, Packers, Steelers, Saints, Panthers, Titans, Bears, Bucks, Texans. Good stuff, Steven. I feel good. Falcons still at a, a top five team. Still elite. It feels at least good. one more episode. I yeah. like it. I like it. I think it's, you know, it's just a nice... They've got a big lead and whatever could happen next. All right. This has been the Ringer NFL show. Um, we will be back next week with some more teams to power rank. Uh, in the meantime, Stephen, thank you so much for doing this. You will be back on the feed on Friday with Benjamin Solak answering the big questions that perplex the NFL. Um, loving that series. What do you guys have coming up this week? This week is it, it's a topic near and dear to my heart. It's why Bill Belichick's coaching coaching tree is so bad. So this is going to be a <laughs> Matt Patricia heavy episode. We're on your ass, Matt. All right, looking forward to that. Um, thanks again to Stephen. Thanks, Steve, for listening. Thank you to Stefan Anderson, as always, for production on this episode, and to Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal for additional production supervision. 